Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Wonderful to be with you again. And sitting right beside me is my lovely daughter, Serene, and her darling little baby, Sally. Yes, Sally, say hi, Sally. Are you going to say hi, Sally? <laughs> well, so she will probably as we go along. She'll have probably a lot to say <laughs> yes. about this subject too. That's true. Yes. Well, it's so wonderful to have Serene today because, wow, she's so busy. A mother of 14 children. Wow. Nine biological. And little Solly, she is sitting here. She always sits with Serene, no matter where, even on their own potty. I know that most probably all of you listen to the THM potty. And uh, of course, that potty was number one for health uh, last year in the whole world. And so... The reason I've got Serene with me today is that Pearl is away this week. So I said, please, Serene Beanie, would you come and be with me? She really hasn't got time, but here she is. Of course so, I've got time. <laughs> so that is got so exciting. Mommy, though, that's for sure. Anyway, uh, we are speaking at the moment in our podcast about how do we change the world? And I believe that we are meant to be changing the world. Yes, you in your home as a mother, and we have the power to do this. We are up to point number 13, and I've got quite a few more to go. And this one is uh, always adamantly choose life. We are finding that If we're going to change the world, we can't be ordinary about anything. We've got to be extraordinary. Now, in regard to this subject of life, I believe we have to be more than those who say, yes, I believe in life. No, we have to adamantly believe in life. And I loved, uh, I was just thinking, you know, on our party, Pearl and, mm. and my party, we've been talking about the power of your words, you know, mm. death and life and the power of the tongue. Just when you were talking about animately believing in life, mm. I was thinking about, wow, I've never thought about that before, how death and life are in the power of the tongue. We need to, it's good that we're talking about this subject because sometimes it's so politically incorrect today to talk about life and abortion issues that it's not spoken out enough but death and life wages here death and, death and life are in the power of the tongue so you're right it's not just about speaking about it but it starts with speaking about it, it. we have to the speaking and then the action comes definitely yes because it's what we speak about uh, is what we are passionate about and why should we be adamant and passionate about life ladies I believe it's because God is passionate about life. He is the 
author of life. He loves life. He loves to give life. He's the creator of life. Life in every area. Too. Yes. I mean, we're, we're specifically, specifically, pacifically, no, um, <laughs> specifically talking about life here in, in human um, conception and, and human form. But, you know, life, in every area of life, we stand with God. We stand mm. for life. Whether it's eating, mm. we choose mm. life every day on our yeah. meal plate. Exactly. You know, whether it's our attitude, we, we choose life. You know, we, mm. we don't choose negativity. Amen. We choose to look mm. at, at, you know, like the Bible says, think of things yes. that are noble and great and pure. Mm. These are the things you think about. Mm. So we choose life in our thought patterns. We mm. choose life in our marriage. We mm. choose to, to, to focus on, on mm. the things that breed life in our marriage, not the destructive um, looking, at, uh, look, looking at all the negatives of the other person. So at life, yes, in every area, life. Yes, and I think especially as wives and mothers, we are the life givers of our home. Yes, life begins in the womb and we have the privilege, privilege and blessing to bring forth life. But it doesn't stop there, as you said. We've got to speak life-giving words, create life-giving meals, life-giving attitude it, it's we've just got to release life 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 all the time and we don't always do it sometimes we can get negative and so on and we and really that just produces death so we just need to be encouraged don't we and we want to encourage you today to choose life in every area of your life, when you wake up in the morning and all through the day, you'll have opportunities where you can choose death or you can choose life. And yeah. we have to choose life. And as we talk about the subject um, of, of life, uh, conception in the womb, we bring it forth from a place of total um, no condemnation. We, we bring it forth in, um, from a place of... Um, Going forward, not looking back in the past, I have so many wonderful friends myself, personal wonderful friends who have had abortions, but who are incredible, incredible people that have been forgiven by the Lord mm. and, have, and, and are wonderful mothers. They were hoodwinked by the devil sure. and they were sold a lie. And, you know, they have suffered grievous consequences of just painful before God released them. God can release mm. totally. But, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a they're the victim as well the victim mm. of, of the deception. So this is not here to bring anyone down and say, we're, you know, this is not a condemnation, but it's a moving forward. It's how, we, how are we going to look at it from this point onwards? Um, Mom? Yes. And uh, you, that's so true, Serene, because um, as you know, I have Above Ruby's retreats for ladies and we have Above Ruby's retreats for families where my husband comes and speaks to, to the men. And one of our traditions at our retreats is that every Sunday morning on our closing session, we have testimony time. And I love it because I just love hearing the stories of the ladies. And often I look around at these beautiful ladies who come to these retreats, the lovely wives and beautiful mothers. And, and uh, then one of these most beautiful, gorgeous, mothering ladies, you'd think she was just been mothering from she was a little tiny tot. And she gets up and gives her testimony. 
and I'm listening, and my mouth gets bigger and bigger as I listen. Oh, she only had six abortions. And, and here she is now today, this most beautiful mother. See, God is able to redeem things, us, and isn't he? And all things are oh, new. You yes, know, gone is yesterday, and today is a new day. And we're new creatures in Christ. Absolutely. And all things are passed away. Our sins are uh, just totally as far as the, separated as far as the east are from the west. That means they can never, ever come in contact. Mm. And so, yes. But the thing we've got to do is choose life. Because these are the words of the Bible. And I think it would be good as we begin to talk more and more about this in this session uh, to start off with this scripture, Deuteronomy 30, chapter 30 and verses 15 on to 20. But I'll just read a little bit of it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, and here's the words that we need to take and make part of our lives. Therefore, choose life. That's what we have to do in every little and big area of our lives. Choose life that both you and your children may live. And that you may love the Lord your God and you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days. So there we've got it in the word. Choose life. Yeah. And, and uh, where do we choose it? And how, how early? Like the abortion people, uh, people pro, pro-choice, which it's really not really about pro-choice. Really, it's such a confusing Yes, uh, very confusing. Title. Because there, God is telling us, choose well, life. I am about God's choice. into choice. Right. Yes. Choice. choice is a good thing, but it is a we good make thing. good choices. Good choices. So Didn't we are say, pro good life, choices. Isn't it amazing? He said, choose life and good. If you want good in your life, if you want blessing in your life, you choose life. You know, and I believe you, you do have, an individual has total choice over their own life, and God wants that to be good choice. So we're pro-good choice, not yeah. pro-choice. However, the, the problem comes in is that they're not choosing over their own life with abortion because the, the child within them is not them. It's actually not part mm. of their body. It's, it's inside of their body, but it is different. It is yeah. a unique soul and is actually Mm. separate from their body as Mm. well and so Mm. you're actually choosing for somebody else and that's not right that's right oh i'm sure you have the latest magazine above ruby's 96 and in this magazine pages 12 13 i reprinted an article from randy alcorn and it's called is the unborn part of the mother's body and he shows explicitly scientifically and so clearly here how that the baby that is growing in the womb is a totally different 
person from the mother from the time of conception with different DNA and uh, over half the time or half the time a different uh, um, person, male or female, and different everything. It, it's, it's not, it's, yes, this baby is inside the mother's body, but it is a different person. I think of a little illustration when Jonah was vomited into the, um, well, the whale vomited him out, but somehow he landed inside the whale's belly. Now, when he became inside the belly, did he become part of the whale? Well, he was in the whale, but he wasn't a whale. No, he was still Jonah, a completely different person. And well, so, yes. the fact is, is that if they're a different person because if they are aborted, they died, but the mother's still living. Yes, and <laughs> if someone murders a mother with a child in her womb, most states in the nation uh, will look upon that as a double murder. That's still law. You can look it up on the internet. And yet, how do we have these abortion laws? I mean, we just think about... Um, just scientifically, this is the thing today, to say that a baby uh, is not a new living person and, of course, an eternal soul at the moment of conception is to just go against all science. I mean, everyone knows They it. can even do surgery on babies inside the womb. Oh, Incredibly. Yes, and the baby's yes. still connected to the mother by umbilical cord, but they can be removed, given anesthesia operated on they have their own medical records their their own unique individual their own blood type yes yes they have their own blood type yes completely different now how about this the american college of pediatricians states this you can look it up on the internet they say the predominance of human biological research confirms that human life begins at conception, fertilization. At fertilization, the human being emerges as a whole, genetically distinct, individuated, zygotic living human organism, a member of the species Homo sapiens, needing only the proper environment in order to grow and develop. The difference between the individual in its adult stage and in its zygotic stage is one of form, not nature. This statement focuses on the scientific evidence of when an individual human life begins. Now, that's the American uh, College of Pediatricians. They state scientifically that the moment of conception begins a new living person, a different person inside that mother. Yeah. Therefore, that is the truth. How is it that we still have these abortion laws allowing babies to be killed up to a certain number of weeks, but now in some states right up to birth? Yeah. This is so horrendous and so abhorrent that we cannot be status quo about it. There's a doctor in, in Paris. He's a genetics professor, uh, Dr. Jerome Lajuen. I don't know if I'm saying it right. 
Um, but he says, after fertilization has taken place, there's a new human being. A new human being has come into being. He said, quote, I quote, it's no longer a matter of taste or opinion anymore. Each individual has a very neat beginning at conception. And it's not, and he's not necessarily like a pro-life activist or anything. He's just a, a, a professor, a genetics professor who sees the facts. Mm. But it's, and it's not merely pro-life people who are the ones supporting this. The owner of Oregon's largest abortion clinic has testified under oath, of course, human life begins at, at conception. Yes. They know it. They know it because you have to defy science if you deny it. And uh, so, dearest ladies... We want to change this world about abortion, don't we? So we can't keep quiet. We can't keep quiet because this is absolute, absolute murder. We have to see it as a murder and you know what I was of thinking a precious life. The other day, I mean, look at us here sitting here, all hundred and something pounds of ours, us, you know. But that's all good and all. But I was thinking of the concentrated power in the newly conceived life. The concentration, the power in that is all of all of the genetic coding, all of the DNA, all of the information is inside of that tiny, amazing life. The newly fertilized egg contains a staggering amount of genetic information. It's oh, staggering. Man. It's sufficient to control the individual's growth and development for its entire life. Yes. They say a single thread of DNA from a human cell contains information equivalent to a library of 1,000 volumes. This is, I've been reading Randy Alcorn's book. Wow. So interesting because yes. I went to this used bookstore lately and I'm like, God, oh, all of these hundreds and hundreds of books here, probably a whole bunch of wisdom, a man. I just want your truth and I don't have great amount of time to read. So, hey, if there's something you want me to read, just let it just kind of like catch my attention. And I'd asked the Lord that before prior when I had um, found the book about caps, about the power of the tongue. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's in the Bible, but sometimes it's great to have teachers to just kind of like unfold it to you. And so, and that's what happened with the caps book, the power of the tongue. I, I don't know if that's the exact title, but anyway, why pro-life Randy Alcorn just kind of like jumped off the shelf to me recently. And I've been reading it lately. And so it's pretty, um, and that's why I told my mum, if you ever speak about about life, pro life, I wanna I wanna come on mm. a, the podcast with you because I'm re I have a new great passion about it because in your head, um, I don't know about you, but I've always been mentally, yes, against abortion. It's not right. It's killing human life. And it was all there in the mental ascent. But it had I'd become desensitized and numb. I didn't realise it, but I'd just become like, Yeah, it's bad. Okay, so what time is it? Oh, what am I making for supper? Chicken cordon bleu. Like, you know, just like, boom. Like, it was just part of, it just, it wasn't enough of a, it needed to be mm. reopened in my mind. And I watched Gosnell. And oh, yes. Have you watched then... Gosnell yet? Oh, you've got to get that movie. It's now out on DVD. Just go to the internet, put up Gosnell um, about the serial killer. And it's the most powerful movie. You're, you've got to watch it. You've got to show it to your 
children, especially your teenagers, not your little wee ones, and bring in others and show it to them. This is one of the most powerful movies exposing abortion. But it's interesting because, you know, my children and I have been praying against abortion for years, but, you know, it was just a prayer. It was almost Mm. like... I would never have admitted it was robotic like but but I am in a new state of passion you know mm. against abortion and so watch the gods now then this book jumps off the shelf and I feel mm. like it's just God's moving inside of me saying hey it's time to 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 re-fire up your prayers it is time to be um more vocal about the subject because enough is enough yes and I do think that uh, most probably you are feeling the same way. I believe there is a rising up against the horror of abortion as as we are seeing states like New York just brazenly say, yes, we can, we can murder the baby right up to birth. I mean, this is so horrific that if God's people don't rise up, if they don't begin to pray and cry out to God, if they don't begin to be a voice, there's something wrong with us. And as you were saying before about the amazing, glorious, incredible miracle that happens even at the moment of conception and of growth in the womb. Um, some of you will have listened to my last series from Psalm 100. 39 about the wonder of the birth and the growing of the baby in the womb and how one of the words that's used in the Hebrew is that it means miraculous, uh, amazing, incredible, wonderful, beyond the powers of human understanding. It is really beyond us. It's I've so heard incredible. that a spark, a lightning bolt mm. uh, takes place at the moment of conspiracy conception Mm. because it's god's breath of life you know and even just the photography into the womb these days is just spellbounding but that's the thing it's it's illegal in many debates between pro-life and pro-choice to to bring the the evidence on film they don't want people to see it but that's totally uh doesn't even make sense and every every other um murder scene or anything they they have to bring the the evidence they've got they bring pictures Mm. of the of the murder site Mm. you know but they can't in this situation Mm. why because it's so telling it's so telling you can't see that and not see that it's human life and it's murder uh but you know even in the little few days of conception it may not look like a baby at 40 weeks but it looks perfectly like it should at that um stage of development of the mm. of, of humankind now a, a young girl at 17 looks very different than a six-month-old baby girl mm. because they're at different stages of development so um, before puberty do you say well that's not really a human or you know <laughs> before 45 that's well you're not really a human because you don't look like you're up to that level mm. or when the elderly kind of um start going down in a different direction. Well, you're not really at your peak anymore. You're not really human life anymore. I mean, you start getting into a real wacko to start thinking when you have to have a human look like a certain level of development to be human. Yes. But you know, Serene, I think that this issue goes even beyond abortion. Because I don't think we understand life completely as God sees it. I believe that life begins in the sperm even before conception. Because this is where life is. And when we read the word, um, 
when you go into the Hebrew, you read the Hebrew word for sperm. Mm -hmm. Now, the Hebrew word for sperm is zira, Z-E-R-A-H. Um, okay, zira. Now, it means in the King James Bible, it calls it the sperm of copulation. No, the seed of copulation. Most modern translations will just call it the sperm as we know it today. But the interesting thing is, that's why I love going into the Hebrew. I found that in the word, the same word, zirah, is not only used of the sperm, but it's used to speak of people of children, teenagers, adults. God uses the same word because God sees that that person began in the life of the sperm. That's when, as the sperm united, coupled, joined with the egg, it became life. But if that sperm was cut off or killed or spurned uh, before it could just come to the egg and become life, that's still a life that could have come into this world that does not come into the world. Well, see, I was thinking about it. I was thinking to myself, okay, choose life. And that's what I began about 15 minutes ago with, well, where do we start choosing life? Yes. You know, we started talking about conception. But yeah, yes. earlier, even earlier than that, there's a scripture oh. that says, before you were formed mm. in your mother's womb, mm. I knew you. Yes. So there is a vision of life. There is yes. a, there God has has a dream of life. He has mm. he has visions of of these people he wants to bring to fruition because it says before I formed you in your mother's womb. Mm. Before you were even there, I knew you. Exactly. And so I was wondering how many um, dreams and visions of like uh, desires of of people does God want to spend eternity with but they're not around. And I just look, I look at some of my, you know, I look at Solace, my ninth child. How many people have nine children? Quite a few, but not everybody. And it's okay if God doesn't give that to you because, well, then God, God knows. God may give yeah. you one. That's exactly. his plan. But I look at her and thinking, oh, my goodness, if I didn't have her. She's just too incredible and too amazing. And look at that personality. And God had a vision of her. Mm. Imagine if I said, no, God, I don't want, I don't care for your desire to have her in eternity mm. with you. But I, I was thinking about this too, and this may be too much, you know, just, I don't know, like out there. But I was thinking, okay, the very responsible in life today are, are told the real way to be responsible is to be responsible with your womb and you know, you get your balance, your, your checkbooks and you, you know, you use your coupons and you, you know, you, you be frugal in this area and that. And in your womb, you be responsible. You have your one point something children and, you know, and, and I wonder, oh man, every time you turn around, there's these women on crack and they're pregnant again and pregnant again. And you wonder their fertility is so like, whoa. And then I thought to myself, I wonder if God's just like has to bring life because he's a generous God with life, he wants eternity filled. He doesn't want a small house. He wants to celebrate eternity with people. You know, he says, be fruitful and multiply. He's a big God. He's a big hearted God. Mm. He wants lots of people at the supper, marriage supper of mm. the Lamb. He wants lots of people at the feast. So if the other doors are shut, uh, is he? I mean, am I wacko? I don't know. I just start thinking him along that line. Is it just like, okay, but I need... I have these people in mind, you know? Mm. 
Well, I don't know. I, no, I, I do believe you have something there, Serene. The church is so responsible. They're responsible themselves out of out of allowing Well, this God is the sad part. You, the, overall, of course, there are many who are open to the sovereign uh, plan of God for their lives. But so many, even in the church, have said no. They get to their maybe up to three and that's it. And I get emails constantly from precious mothers who say, you know, I have three children, or some have even said, I even have five, and I'm still longing for another baby. But my husband says, no, no more. And uh, because mostly I find husbands are out there in the world, and they're very conditioned by the guys around them, and most of them have got the snip, and so that's just the culture of society today. And so they get just taken into that culture. But, sometimes it's because they just love their wives so much too, and 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 mm-hmm. and sometimes us women can get in a in a habit of just complaining, and they come home to a tired, complaining wife, and they don't want her well, to be a mm-hmm. tired wife. They love her, mm-hmm. so they're wanting to bless her. But um, so sometimes we can kind of like cut our own desire off by being complaining. That's true, but. You know, what you're saying, Serene, there is very much truth in that because God sees children before they are born. He sees them even generations ahead. Now, come on, ladies. We've got to get that. You see, we don't see. We don't even think like God thinks. He thinks beyond us. His his thoughts are higher. And I'm not trying to say anything weird. What thoughts. I'm not saying is he's not thinking of these humans and if the church aren't going to have it, he's going to give it through the womb of somebody else. No, that's, that's, not, that, that's not even possible. I'm not thinking along those lines. Because, you know, but what I'm saying is he does love. He does love human life. He loves and, life, and yes. And if it's not coming through one door, he'd love to bring it through another Yes. The only open door. Well, look, God is omniscient. He knows. He, that's why he says that he, he planned our lives before the foundation of the world. He knows. And I often think of this scripture in Hebrews. Oh, Hebrews 7.10. And it's in the chapter about Melchizedek. Um, and it says, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, are you getting this? Levi was the great, not a grandson, the great grandson of Abraham. He wasn't even a twinkle in Abraham's eye. But God God says he was already in the loins of Abraham, even though he was all those generations down. He was there. He was in his loins. He actually paid tithes in in Abraham as Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. That's how God sees it, ladies. That's how God sees. We don't think like that. But this is God thinking. And so God has the children. He has planned for us as a married couple to bring forth, and not just for us, but for our children and who they will bring forth, and our children and who they will bring forth, up to our great-grandchildren. Now, I am so blessed that I am now beginning to have great-grandchildren. And uh, 
but you know, when I first got married, I was never thinking of right down to great-grandchildren at the time then. But God sees them. He says, Levi was in his loins. Now, if we, if Abraham lived in this culture today, would Levi have been born? Because there is the culture of cutting off the godly seed. Cutting off children who God has planned, not only with purposes and destiny for this life, but for the eternal realm. And that's why Jesus died. Why? To bring many sons into glory. Yeah. Hey, here's another thing. Can I pop this in? Please. I know you've got something you want to say too. And that is, okay, now when we cut off the godly seed and we say, no, that's it. We don't want any more. What are we doing? Not only are we cutting off a blessing from our lives, blessing us, blessing our our grandparents, blessing the church, blessing the world, but we're cutting off a child from experiencing glory, experiencing eternal life forever and ever. None of us can yet fathom eternity. Even if we try to dream about it, we can't even fathom the glory of eternity that God is bringing his redeemed ones into. And we can forfeit precious lives from experiencing that eternity. Mm, Isn't that amazing? Amazing, yeah. You know, and I was thinking, it's the devil behind the whole thing, anti-life. Because he hates life. He hates life. He's he's behind. He's he he makes it feel like it'd be a drudgery to have a lot of children when it's the most amazing, incredible gift out there. Like sometimes he tries to put it in the minds of people. It's a drudgery to read the Bible. It's a drudgery to to do certain things. But it, it's the very place where we where all of our thirst is taken away, and it's that place of refreshing. And and I just think of of. Of these people, I, sometimes I'll pass their their homes because we live out in the country, and I'll see these farms, and there's like forty five yapping dogs, and they have like two parrots squawking their heads off, and they just so big hearted when it comes to their animals, and it's a loud, noisy um, kind of like you know the dogs are pooping everywhere, and they've got to throw hay to this. Or like the, the, one of our neighbours, you oh, go yeah, to her house four. and you can't even hear yourself talk yeah. because of all the dogs yapping. And talk about responsibility, and talk about pressure, and a lot of mouths to feed. Mm. But boy, do they love it, and it's fantastic. But you see, so many people have, have hearts towards, oh, I might have another dog. That'd be great. You know, but when it comes to humans, why, why is there this wall up of, oh, couldn't do that. Or, you know, I feel like it's the, it, it is, it's the enemy because mm. it's an eternal soul when it comes to life in human form. Oh, it's an eternal soul. And, yeah. it, and it's kind of like a wall that's put up to make people think that, that it would be, it'd be difficult or hard. But in my experience, having more children has made my life so much easier. Yes. The more I had, you know, you go to Walmart and they're like, well, better you than me. I don't know how you do it. Two almost killed me. And I'm like, well, two was the hardest. Yes, exactly. You know, if you oh, kept yes. in there, you'd realize that, that, that they grow up and then they help. And then it's all big, one big party from then oh, on. I know. I think one was my hardest because you were their t- sole entertainer from morning to night. But then another child comes along and they become playmates. Another child comes along, more playmates. And then each one is getting older. Now, Serene, she has these teens in her home. She couldn't even do quarter of what she does without these amazing older children. But also, they're your best friends. 
Yes. You, you're never bored. You're oh. just the the rich fellowship is absolutely oh, amazing. The rich, yes. You see, oh God's heart. If we could just see His heart. For life, and when he wanted to bless his people, what did he say? I will show mercy to you, and I will love you, and I will bless you. And how did he say he would do it? And then he says, and I will multiply you. This is how he shows his love and, and his blessing. Check it out in Deuteronomy chapter seven. And I love that beautiful prophecy, that promise, where he says, "I will make the barren woman." A joyful mm. mother of children, and the home she lives in will be filled with laughter. Mm. So, what picture does God see of a of a home filled with children? Laughter. Mm. A home filled with laughter. Oh yes, absolutely. Well, look, I can't believe how time has gone so quickly. This session. I just want to. Oh, Serene, can we do another session? Can you fit it in? No, I'd love to. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. Girls okay. While the mice away, the cats will play. <laughs> Well, the cat's away, the mice will play, sorry. <laughs> That's right. Okay, we've got to finish next time. But can I just close with one scripture? Yes, I remember I was saying how the word sperm is zirar, and I want to prove it to you here. And um, yes, this is back in Exodus chapter 1. Of course, there's so many scriptures, just one as we close. And God is speaking how Jacob came down from Canaan down to the land of Egypt and Joseph brought him down and gave him land in the land of Goshen. And it says here, and all the souls that came out of the loins, out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls. Uh, for Joseph was in Egypt already and Joseph died and da, 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 da. Um, yes, I'm trying to find the, the, the actual scripture where it says he came down and all his seed with him and his seeds seed. Oh, yes, because he came down uh, and it's the word Zerah. I think I've got the wrong passage, but the scripture is where Jacob came down with all his seed word Zerah, and all his seeds, seed. Okay, so he came down with all his children who were adults by now, and their children and their children, which were all Zerah's, same word as sperm. God saw no difference from the word sperm to when they were adults. He sees them all as one because this is where the life began. So as we become adamant for life, let's understand where life really begins and begin to see the preciousness of it and protect it and just, oh, that God will save us from just seeing it as just something we can throw away. It's precious and must be protected because it's life. Okay, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We've only just started talking about life according to how you think about it. We pray that you'll teach us more. Lord God, we're just so used to thinking like culture thinks, thinking like man thinks. Save us, Lord yeah. God. Lift us up to this higher plane, Lord, where your thoughts are on a higher plane. Help us to think like you think, to understand like you understand, to understand about life. And Lord, we only find out about life from you because you're the author of life. So we pray that you will teach us and we just speak your blessing over every precious mother, father, 
home and every children in these homes today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.